0: This is Jillian from San Francisco, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dall
1: because I have better things to do with my time.
2: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dolomore. Alrighty everybody. Thanks for joining us. Episode 426 of I Doubt It with Dolomore. I am your host, Jesse Dolomore, and I am joined by Crickety Crickneck, my lovely, beautiful, talented, wounded. Co-host Brittany Page.
1: I think I I think it's I think it's because of stress.
2: I, I think it's I think it's
1: that's uh, my that's my new um, theory, and I think that's what it is.
2: You're going to be very angry. <laughs> I recorded you.
3: <laughs> yeah! oh, I fall. I'm suing you Oh my neck, my back, my neck in my back. Oh,
2: <laughs> feel very bad for you.
1: Yeah, that's me. Very, very um, bad. That's me. Uh, oh my neck, my neck, <laughs> my neck and my back. <laughs> no, I'm I'm doing much better. I'm doing much better. Although the stress of the news and everything it else can't
2: help. Yeah. I, well, I start
1: having certain ago, conversations and yeah. it starts flaring back up again.
2: Every once in a while, I go through through a thing where I start get headaches when I get stressed out and pissed mm-hmm, off.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you've it's been you know. Like I said last at the end of the show yesterday, yesterday evening, um, fewer than 24 hours ago, uh, its it's been a stressful week. And it's not a good time to have the crickety crack with the neck, yeah. the niggity neck.
1: Yeah. Well, I used to think I was like bulletproof because I've been stressed out my whole life. <laughs> That's and true. So, um, I Raised.
2: Th- by wool.
1: So I feel like I've very I I adapted to it though yeah. and I I was very calm during situations that were chaotic.
2: So you've got an iron clad neck at this point, you'd think.
1: I don't though. It's falling oh, It's falling my apart. Neck! My neck in my back. It's flaring up whenever the slight a slightly stressful conversation occurs. Well
2: give me give me an example. What's what's something that just the, what's the flavor of the day that's that's causing the crickety to to crackety?
1: Okay, well this is actually a good example because I was trying to therapeutically vent to my friends about it, and they literally said, I'm not gonna encourage this. I agree with you. Listen, I agree with you, but I'm not gonna make it worse because what? you need to keep your neck safe.
2: What what is this? <laughs> Pressing matter that's that's weighing.
1: Okay. On your Forbes magazine, Forbes. Uh oh. Is it a magazine still or is it just uh, Forbes.com? Whatever. Forbes.com is referring to Kylie Jenner as a self made billionaire.
2: Is she a billionaire?
1: She's going, she's going to be a billionaire. Yeah. She's worth like 900 million.
2: God damn. I had no idea. Um, but self-made is that what bothers you cuz that's ridiculous Of
1: course that's what bothers me Or does it
2: just generally bother you bother you that the this talentless freak has almost a billion dollars Well
1: so I I don't even I don't even think you need to take it that far and I don't necessarily think that that's a fair characterization So great she took a pile of money that she was born on she was just tossed as a baby onto a pile of money and she took that pile of money and she made a larger pile of money. Yeah, what a great achievement! Um,
2: <laughs> She's the Donald Trump of our time. Yeah,
1: it's 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 really great. She she I was reading the article. Here's here's the one positive that I could find. She wanted to find something that she could do with her money, and she was like modeling, and she wanted to find her thing. Okay, so she started a makeup company. And it's very successful because everyone loves her lips. And so she sells... Her fake lips. Her... Her
2: plastic surgery augmented face.
1: Well, so she's been open about that too. And that actually helped her make money being open about it. because. And she just took her fillers out. Anyway, I learned too much about it reading the article. Okay. (laughs) The point is... Quite the fan. You follow
2: her on the Instagram, is
1: The point is... I'm not here to hate on her or say that she's talentless you can you can do that i don't necessarily. she's not a christian no. <laughs> that's probably not true um I, I think she's fine whatever i don't follow any of the kardashians on any type of social media but they're fine whatever um the self-made part they're
2: fine they're fine yeah, you know what it's
1: fine,
3: oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. he's fine
1: My issue, my. can you quit looking at the soundboard, desperately searching for any drop you can that will fit with what I'm saying and just focus on what I'm saying? It's like
2: a fucking t-ball game. You're teeing me
1: right up and you say, we're
2: fine. They're fine. They're fine. Yeah, yeah.
1: T-ball game. So the self-made part of it. I just don't think that you can say that when you're born into a family and your father is a very successful athlete that has a lot of money. Right. And your mom is a very shrewd business person (laughs) who finds a way to help everyone in the family um, find their own thing and make a lot of money off of it.
2: Yes, very good at exploiting
1: When you were in high school, your first car was probably a Range Rover, I'm assuming. You lived in Calabasas. Is
2: she the one in the Pepsi commercial?
1: No. Oh, that's Kendall. I don't fucking know anything. Yeah. So good job. Um <laughs> But I you get what I'm saying? So it's, someone it, it's who certainly didn't certainly
2: not self-made.
1: Someone who like didn't even feel slightly uncomfortable temperature wise in their childhood home is yeah, like a yeah, self made yeah. billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Um and that's not to say that she she didn't struggle in other ways growing up or that she doesn't struggle with self esteem, that she didn't struggle with self esteem. She's talked about those things. I'm not trying to discount like real life experiences that she's struggled with. I'm not saying she's had no struggle, but look at this luck. And look at this yeah. unacknowledged luck in this Forbes article. And look at how Forbes with their lists of the top self-made billionaires in America or in the world or whatever. Um Tries to massage that belief in people that they can, with just a little smidge of hard work and determination, that they can achieve anything. That they too can become a self-made wasn't, I, I, billionaire. I don't know
2: if you've already mentioned it, but wasn't her first car a Range Rover? Well,
1: I don't, I don't know that, but like, yeah, that I a did big mention deal
2: it. Deal for like the. The, the fucking Bravo show or whatever.
1: I don't know if that is true, but I think it is. I don't know. Um, it, it,
2: it, well, listen, let, let's put it in perspective of of uh, Donald Trump. If you don't think Donald Trump is a self-made man because he was born into a, a family of millionaires and given a small quote-unquote loan for a million dollars, if you don't think he's self-made, then you certain certainly shouldn't think this Jenner... What Which Jenner is it?
1: Kylie Jenner.
2: Kylie Jenner is self-made. Mm-hmm. It's the same fucking thing. In fact, she was probably handed more advantages money-wise, not, you know, she's... A...
1: Yeah, but my issue is twofold. My issue is that they're naming her that and that they're refusing to acknowledge in any of their lists the struggle that it takes to become one of these people.
2: Well, it's Forbes. Um, it's, a, it's a magazine dedicated to... Well, Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps tra- in the entrepreneurial spirit.
1: Or if not the struggle, then the luck. Yeah. And what is not accounted for here is the tremendous luck. And she had money just given to her. She was on that show, which gave her her social media platform, which then allowed her to have millions and millions of followers, so that she could sell ads and make yes. more money. And then she decided to invest two hundred and fifty grand and create a makeup company and outsource the production to another company in Oxnard. Like,
2: it, listen, it's the she won the genetic lottery, the geographical lottery. I mean, it's multiple aspects are pinging here.
1: Yeah. So to call this self-made is truly insulting. And (laughs) I understand that she started her own company. She owns 100% of it. But let's talk about what went into that. And don't give people this idea that With hard work, they can become this.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's a that's a great point.
1: It's not true, and it's leading to a lot of heartache, honestly, and a lot of politicians that are able to take advantage of vulnerable people who want to believe this idea. And I'm getting kind of sick of it. So.
2: who are in on mass voting uh, against their own self-interest.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Because it has, they
2: believe they can aspire to be self-made like Donald Trump. It
1: has ramifications beyond just reading this dumb article. Yeah. And I don't think that that's healthy for our society. <laughs> so yeah, for sure, I uh, tried to talk to my friends about it and they were very hateful. And because they didn't
2: want to. They, they were looking out for your best interest. Mm-hmm. with the uh, with the neck. Oh my
3: neck. My back. My neck and my back. Mm-hmm. So,
2: let's let's move on before the the crickety crack really does start tensing up on you. Yeah. Um Mitch McConnell was on everybody's minds and we got a call about just how frustrated they were. Ah!
1: Oh, I, oh, <laughs> did you mean I'm to do that? Suing y'all. <laughs> oh my neck. My back. You looked like my you did it on back. accident.
2: Oh. <laughs> Here's the call.
3: Oh yeah, I'll consent to having my voice use on the air, you guys suck. Oh, no, just kidding. Guys. Hey, it's Carissa. <laughs> my voice message maker. My phone's not working. I had to go old school and I call the hotline. Anyway, I'm listening to the latest episode and you guys are talking about Mitch McConnell. Driving home from work and I just want to like rip my steering wheel out of this column because what the f- come on. What? When mm-hmm. I can't even When is this shit gonna stop? Please tell me. And if you can make it stop, please make it stop. Please like oh, I can't. Alright. Love you guys. Britney's the best part. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Love the show, Brittany's the best part.
2: Bye. I think Carissa's driving home from work at the espresso factory. <laughs> <laughs> at the caffeine infusion hut.
1: Little keyed up. A little excited.
2: Let me tell you, this last week, like I said now numerous times, was tough for me. And a lot of it was chalked up to Mitch McConnell. Really? And you know what's weird is sometimes when we play clips on the show, I think to myself, I think this is going too fucking long. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're driving people nuts. Mm. And
1: You thought that with Mitch McConnell?
2: Yeah, because he was just rambling on in his weird, uh, you know, that fucking, you know, like if you just poked him in the, in, a na- in the neck with an ink pen, you know, right in his jowly flap area, that like gravy would just spill out of there. Mm-hmm. That's what his voice sounds like to me.
1: Okay. I'm nervous about you talking about the, the neck and the pen. Yeah? Just in this climate, it's kind of nerve wracking. I mean, we're going to need more the than views that. Views and opinions expressed <laughs> by Jesse
2: are solely those of Jesse and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis.
1: Secret Service is about to pop in anytime. Um, I think e-
2: we have some emails.
1: Yeah. Mitch McConnell is a very frustrating character, and I think he's content being that way, and he will be like that Forever, yeah. So anyway, we have emails. I think
2: Wayne in the UK would call him a cunt.
1: That is probably what
2: I would never ever do that. that I'm saying Wayne, Wayne in the UK, yeah, would likely say that.
1: That's Wayne. Yep, but not me. Okay, I'm
2: far above the name Colin.
1: Okay, so this is from Loki, and this is the message. Hey, Brittany, I know the struggle trying to make s'mores in the microwave. Come on, man. Have you ever tried making them in a toaster oven? I set marshmallows (laughs) on a piece of aluminum foil and run it on broil and turn the marshmallow after 30 to 60 seconds to toast the other side. Then just pop the toasted mallow onto a gram with some chocolate and Bob's your uncle.
2: Bob's your uncle? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that a typo or is that a saying?
1: That's what's written here. And (laughs) Bob's your own. I believe it's a saying.
2: Is it I guy I'm not I'm too lazy to look it up. But so you think you're gonna use the the recipe there? Or I guess we'd need a toaster oven to do that.
1: Well, it is a phrase that means you're all set.
2: (laughs) Wow.
1: You've got it made.
2: You looked it up.
1: Of course I looked it up. I don't know what it means. But I've heard it before. I've heard people say it. Bob's and then I just, uncle, I never huh? looked wow. it up. It's one of those things where you hear people say it and then. Well,
2: thanks for the the s'more recipe. The yeah. home job Bob's your uncle.
1: Yes. Good time. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I'll try it out and I'll let you know. I'll do like a bonus episode on it, like mm. a 30 minute episode.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Moving on. Okay. This is from Nick. Hey, guys. Just wanted to push back against what Jesse said about the Supreme Court in reference to how Brett Kavanaugh might vote on Roe v. Wade. How
2: dare you, sir?
1: Should it come before him? I feel like it was very reductive, likely coming from a place of privilege, to say that people should wait to see how Kavanaugh votes before getting angry. As a white guy myself, I try to keep my privilege in check in certain areas like this because I know my thought process will be different than people who will have to go through this themselves because I know I'll never have to. Also, regarding the idea that some of the red state Democrats might vote yes on Kavanaugh just because it might help be helpful to their re-election, I have heard many people argue, and I tend to agree, that sure, voting yes for this nominee is a good thing if that is who they really think will do a good job. However, if they are voting on this nominee to appeal to a small swing vote, then they will probably lose some of their Democratic constituency's support. It also won't stop vicious smearing by the Republicans. They'll still attack them. I also am of the opinion that we owe it to ourselves not to solely rely on the Mueller investigation as much as I would like to see Trump nailed on illegal stuff he's probably done. I feel like banking on it lets people off the hook and ultimately is detrimental to making sure that we never again see a president act like this and appoint whoever he wants with little ability for people to argue otherwise." Sorry for the long email. I usually agree with you guys, but I wanted to voice my opinions here. Keep up the great work, Nick.
2: Well, thanks, Nick. Um, I I love the pushback. I think it's great. Um, fuck you. You're banned from the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh
2: oh. No, listen. Uh, as far first, let me let me address the privilege thing. Um, I I took that into account when I said that. I first of all, there's nothing to get worked up about until there's a vote. So part of my job here is informational, but I also feel like and maybe I'm wrong about this, maybe I've just you know knighted myself with this 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 title, but I, I also feel an obligation to the audience to to be positive because it's fucking easy to get down in times like today. And I every fucking show out there can be a bummer and I don't want this to be a bummer. I want to be as positive and as silver lining as is realistic, you know?
1: Yeah, well...
2: Wow, that was a snarky yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I don't feel like that. So I think that that's part of why we have a good balance of you being optimistic and... But it's not
2: even on the show. Generally, I'm I'm an optimistic guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Um, does that mean I'm pessimistic? <laughs>
2: You're the one talking about the balance thing, like it's yin and yang.
1: Well, I'm asking, am I pessimistic?
2: Uh, more than I am, but right. I wouldn't say generally you're pessimistic. I think that you you tend toward the doom and gloom far more than me. <laughs> you have more catastrophic thinking than I do. Okay. Most certainly.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I don't agree. Think it's
2: Problematic, but it's the fucking way it is. I
1: agree. I more easily identify reality than oh, you do. Jesus, and, get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> adhere to that and try to base things on yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, I think Push, that <laughs> I think that uh, Nick makes a lot of good points, and I've actually been seeing people mix it up online, and there are these are the two sides that liberals are coming down on, um, either. Like calm down, don't panic, or no, continue to panic because we these red state democrats need to vote against him. They they need to stop concerning themselves yeah. with whether or not they're gonna get reelected and do the right thing in this situation.
2: Well, it's very reminiscent to me of I'm not gonna be told who to vote for. I have to vote by conscience. I couldn't I couldn't in good conscience vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, we, we fucking get it. We get it, and look what happened. It's kind of along those lines for me. Hmm. Now, not taking into a, not taking into account the political calculus here is is gonna fuck us. What I said yesterday was, if you can't, if you if you know you can't get it done, and it's not a crapshoot. We know you have in the House, and they have something similar in the in the Senate. Is the the, the majority whip? And what that person does is they calculate the votes. They know, they go around, hey, what's your vote? So they go into a vote knowing what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. It's unusual for, for a vote not to go the way they think it's going to go. So what I was saying is, if you know you can block it, fucking block it. But if it's not going to go down, let those dudes, let those ladies vote for whom they're going to vote to secure the re-election. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I agree. I agree with him, but uh, it's 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 not as cut and dry. It's not as black and white as yeah. we'd love it to be. Fuck, it would be awesome.
1: Yeah. So I think he makes another good point about the Mueller investigation and not banking on it. And I think that that's good. Um, I don't necessarily know how many people are doing that, like, that are saying, oh, he will be impeached, so we don't need to worry. Um everyone needs to be voting. Everyone yes. needs to be registering their friends to vote. Everyone needs to be like talking so much about voting that everyone is getting uncomfortable around them yeah, guilt, and starting yes, to hate them. Yes, fuck
2: <laughs> yes. Guilt your guilt strangers in line at the grocery store. Yeah. This it's do or die people. Mhm. And I don't mean to be Britney with the catastrophic thinking, (laughs) but it is. It's fucking do or die right now. It is vote. We need record turnout. And I don't mean just record for a midterm. This needs to be presidential level Mm -hmm. because midterms. Always, there's a far less turnout than, than a presidential election year. Yeah. We need to make this presidential record setting.
1: Yeah. So I see a fighting spirit coming alive in the Democratic Party, especially with people like Alexandria Cortez mm-hmm. in New York and uh, the young people that are really yeah. being inspired by her campaign. So I, I think if that... If she's been
2: good for anything, it's that right there. Yeah.
1: So... People are hopeful, I believe, that Donald Trump will be uh, punished (laughs) by Mueller.
2: Um, Be on the the business end of some consequence.
1: Yes. (laughs) And I think people really want that to happen, yes. But that doesn't mean that people are not getting out there and doing what they need to do. Uh, we can do both at the same time. Yeah, I think so. We can continue to advocate that Mueller is protected, that he be allowed to carry out his investigation unimpeded, um, without harassment constantly, and that we also do our part and not lose faith and get out there and vote.
2: Yeah. Nick, thank you. We appreciate the email. Listen to everybody. I, we like the dissent. We like pushback. It. It's part of the conversation, and, uh, you know, you only get banned for a little while.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like a genuine dissent. That's what I like.
2: <laughs> genuine dissent. Yeah. Not trollish dissent.
1: Right. If you are pretending like you care about an issue and sending me a message um, just because you want to prove a point, that's the kind of thing I don't care about right. and i'm also really losing patience with trolls so if you see me having a snarky reply to somebody just know that i'm losing my patience right on. okay um message received this is from al 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 from canada here oh he said hi Brittany and jesse before that i'm sorry all right you know canada that national security threat to the north <laughs> <laughs> the election of Trump has locked the U.S. Wow. and the world's media, it seems, into a perpetual present, having to deal with it on a daily basis, having to deal on a daily basis with the latest nonsense from the White House. Lately, I'm wondering what the long-term impact of the Trump presidency will be on the world. Are America's erstwhile allies discussing amongst themselves such, such things as... Well, the post-World War II American-led hegemony has worked well enough, but it now appears to be breaking. Time to rethink economic relationships and treaties? I'd be surprised if they weren't. Germany, France, South Korea, Canada, among others, have their own national interests and their own voters who will be expecting responses from their own governments. If America is starting to be viewed as fickle and unreliable, perhaps there are other options? I can think of a few rising economies and nation states that might be more willing to fill the void the void left by an inward-looking and hostile America. I suspect the damage of Trump will be long-lasting. It is naive to think that voting him and his enablers out, things will go back to the way they were. If America elected someone like Trump once, they could very well elect someone like him in the future. The rest of the world should take that into account. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. You guys have a great show and keep doing what you're doing. All the best. Al. Thank you, Al. A
2: lot there. A lot of what what would be prognostication on our part. Um, l- l- let me say that I agree. Well, one, listen, if if Donald Trump was out today, if we had Obama two right now, in in the in the wake of Donald Trump and the disaster that it's been over the course of the last um, you know several hundred days. Um, it would, it's going to take a while to normalize. It's going to take a while to reverse all of the insane policy, whether it be trade or military or whatever, diplomatic policy, it's going to take a while to reverse course. However, our allies, I do not envy the position they're in because you can't go it alone and this isn't this isn't nationalistic of me this isn't uh this isn't just you know puffing my chest up we're too fucking big America is a juggernaut economically militarily we just are you, you, so it's it's not gonna work for them just to take up pull-up stakes now listen there might be an ideological leader. The moral authority might be over, you know, taken by someone, whether it be Angela Merkel, Merkel or certainly not Theresa May. But Justin Trudeau has done a pretty goddamn good job. But I don't know. It, it's going to take a long time. It is. And Let me say also, sorry, one more thing. And that is, I think people like Ang- Angela Merkel, Merkel, Justin Trudeau, I think they understand that eh, this too shall pass. And they're maintaining as as decent a relationship as they can because they know eventually this fuck is going to be out of there and things are going to settle back down and be back to normal. Even if it's a Mike Pence, things aren't going to be like they are now.
1: Yeah, that's the part of Al's email that I wanted to talk about The when he said that because he was elected, we can elect someone like him again. and. I'm sure that that's true, because there are people who wanted this to happen. Sure. They wanted Trump to, quote unquote, shake things up. (laughs) They wanted someone who was not presidential and would go out there and tell it like it is to the world leaders that are taking advantage of America. Yeah. And there are some people who believed that. And now they see what's going on. And that was like a cute little anarchist teenager when they loved the Zeitgeist 9-11 truth or movie. Like, you know, <laughs> they were letting that part of themselves rule their yeah. their worldview. Lizard brain. Yeah, and now, now they see, oh, shit, that has real ramifications yeah. and this is not good. I'm sure there's some people that still say, oh, yeah, we love that Trump is doing this because they don't get it. They right. don't understand what's happening. If you look at experts... Um, which people should be doing if they don't understand, they should be looking to the experts and not just their wherever they stopped reading in life and stopped learning new things. Um, <laughs>
2: you mean everyone you went to high school with?
1: And look out <laughs> to the experts who have continued to um, be informed and learn more about this this stuff. Then yeah. see what they're saying and people listen. Who it's, specialize it's not good. in this. Yeah, it's not good.
2: Yeah, it's certainly not. Look I, I, this is not something I'm painting a rosy picture of. I just think there are there is an exit strategy here. There's an there there's one they're they're not cutting the cord because they can't do it, but two I think it's also because they know shit will balance out. It's going to normalize. Mm-hmm. Even if it has to be through a fucking nutter butter like Mike Pence.
1: Well, even that um clip of Donald Trump talking um, I think he was admonishing Germany in the clip, and John Kelly was sitting there. Yeah. Are we going to be talking about that later? Should yes, I shut of up? Course, yes. Okay. Well, then I'll shut up.
2: Well, that's all. That's that's in Brussels. That's all the NATO stuff that we're getting ready to get into. Well,
1: I after we finish, the I emails. didn't know if we were specifically going to talk about that clip. Are we going to specifically talk about that clip?
2: We are absolutely. That is that is on the agenda.
1: Okay. Well, then never mind.
2: <laughs> Consider it never minded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think we have a couple other
1: emails. We have one more message from uh, someone on Patreon, and I pronounced their name right last time, but it, I don't remember how I pronounced it. What
2: is what is what is? It? Let me see.
1: It's the with the two X's.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I don't remember either.
1: Grext?
2: Yeah, let's do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, hey, thanks for the shout out. You made me laugh out loud in a quiet compartment on the train. Brittany got the pronunciation perfectly, proving yet again she is the best part. I don't think I got it perfect this time.
3: Love the show. Brittany's the best part.
1: Bye. I'll try harder next time.
2: We're gonna, you're gonna have to go back and listen to know that's how what i'm gonna have it. to do
1: that's right. what i'm going to try harder i'm going to go back and do the research and do the
2: research write it say. down
1: so i will never screw it up again that's how it works look at you with your fucking jokes <laughs>
2: support for i doubt it with dollamore comes from generous engaged intelligent and good-looking listeners like you by way of patreon your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward, one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit Patreon.com/slash. I doubt it with Dollamore. Zachary. Zachary
1: is our latest Patreon supporter.
2: That is beautiful. Thank you, Zachary, very much. We appreciate the loyalty and the support helping us produce the show.
1: Very much. You keep the lights on around here, Zachary.
2: They are on right now, in fact. Yeah. Because of Zachary.
1: And the AC is working. Ah, beautiful. We really appreciate it. It's also
2: cooled down. It's only like, you know, ninety degrees during the
1: day. Oh, perfect, yeah. <laughs> Um, so if you want to get some of those presidential dollar page 2020 stickers that Jesse designed, which I think are very impressive, they're $5 each, you go to dollar com On the left side there, it says sticker shop. And, and
2: they're four inches. They're, a, they're a sizable kick ass size
1: yeah th- <laughs> that includes shipping we haven't received them yet but we should within the next couple of days once we get them we are going to ship out all of the orders that have been placed they
2: have been shipped so they should maybe be here tomorrow
1: okay and uh those are kind of a limited time thing because we only ordered a certain amount but uh if we get more orders we'll obviously put another order in so don't worry about it or design a new sticker yeah go get them go crazy yeah um you can also shop on amazon that helps us Dalamore.com slash amazon and i will stop boring you for now with all this
2: as long as you rate and review the show on itunes no profanity no profanity they don't like that bunch of dicks democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism so as Brittany alluded to um, NATO is on the agenda today Donald Trump gave a presser from Brussels today answered some questions from the press in what kind of ended a very bizarre yet not unexpected performance by our moron in chief
1: Jesse D before we P. before we do this there have people there are people there have people there are people that it's the neck everybody just relax <laughs> there are people who told oh, us neck,
3: <laughs> enough of neck, that my neck in my back
1: there are people who told us that they didn't know what a Republican or a Democrat was before they listened to the show. hmm So we're going to be talking about NATO. NATO. But we don't just want to say NATO.
2: There was, yeah, you're right. There's probably likely people out there who don't even know what the acronym means.
1: Right. So it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Yes. And it's basically like a military pact agreement between uh, 29 North American and European countries. Mm-hmm. And it was originally formed, why am I continuing to talk, to protect Europe. That's right. From the Soviet Union.
2: Exactly right. In the in the wake of World War II.
1: Yes. And it has been called Truman's greatest achievement. Is that true?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're killing it right now. Okay,
1: well, talk <laughs> well, here, because here's, I'm starting to get stressed out.
2: Here's the
1: deal. <laughs> my neck. My,
2: my neck. <laughs> so... So after the Soviet Union fell, mm-hmm. it actually instead of just going away because there was no longer a military threat from the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. it actually grew in ranks because all of those Iron Curtain countries, Poland and Czechoslovakia, and all those countries that were that were puppet, Warsaw puppet regimes. That's right. They were goddamn Brittany, killing it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a part of what was called the Warsaw Pact, which, which was like Russia's NATO, the Soviet Union's NATO. Mm-hmm. But after the Soviet Union fell and all these countries became independent, not puppet nations of, of the Soviet Union, of Russia, then they were like, well, hey, man, we wanted on this fucking good time democracy action too. <laughs> yeah, And so they became members of NATO.
1: Yeah, and basically the central point of NATO, right, is that if one country is attacked you you're going to bring all these other countries with you. Um That is a,
2: there's 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 uh strength in numbers and Article 5 is what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And so that was the primary um motivating factor for the Soviet Union to not Yeah. continue to provoke or try to you're you're pointing at me.
2: No, I was going to say and and in subsequent years not just the Soviet Union, but also Russia. Right. Just Russia its own because you know they're Fuckers who who invade the, uh, Ukraine and annex the the Crimean Peninsula. I mean, they're right. they're 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 a hostile foreign nation. Yeah. So NATO has played a role, and uh, before we g- we can go on and on and on about it, I mean, not on and on because we're not experts about NATO. But yeah, <laughs> Sh- Shep Smith on Fox News, who is
1: you got to love Shep. I just he's awesome. Yeah.
2: Shep Smith did uh, a report what about... What would
1: it be like over there without him?
2: I, would, I mean, it would be... Well, it'd just be more unwatchable than it is now. <laughs> 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 but Shep Smith uh, did this reporting about Donald Trump being over there and all the the, the fucking chaos that he's creating. And uh, we're just going to play this in, in little bits and then talk about his analysis, which is fucking spot on. It's just amazing that that guy not only still has a job, but they're they're extending his contract. It's just bizarre.
0: From the Fox News deck, I'm Shepard Smith. Today, at a photo op for world leaders, President Trump upended world order in a way no American president has in modern history. He attacked our closest allies. He berated them and insulted them. He labeled Germany captive to Russia and he blasted NATO agreements that date to post-World War II. President Trump's utterances not only opened the door for a new system overseas, they could also turn back the global clock centuries. In the wake of today's developments, a reminder now of what NATO is and what it means to the world and to America. NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization a political and military alliance between North America and Europe, one that rose from the ruins of World War II, in part a response to potential Soviet aggression in Western Europe. The Atlantic Pact. Eight nations agree. The United States, Canada, Great Britain, France, Belgium, Holland, Luxembourg, and Norway. With Italy invited. If one is attacked, the others will consider themselves attacked. In other words, I got your back, you got mine. A complete 180 at the time from the hyper-nationalism that had for centuries guided Europe. The idea behind that, look out for yourself. In 1949, during the signing, President Harry Truman called NATO a positive, not a negative influence for peace. And added, its influence will be felt not only in the area it specifically covers, but throughout the world. And no doubt its influence has grown. NATO officially started with 12 founding members. It outlasted the Cold War and now includes 29 nations, among them former members of the Soviet Union. Even after the Berlin Wall fell, NATO continued to play a pivotal role in global peace. In 1995, NATO faced its first major crisis in a post-Cold War Europe. It helped implement the military end to the war in Bosnia. Then, after the attacks of 9-11, For the first and only time in its history, NATO members invoked the all-important Article 5. In essence, it states that one attack, an attack on one country, is an attack on all members. Many NATO members took part in Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan. In 2003, NATO took over command and coordination of the International Security Assistance Force to try to help create peace in that nation. And in the last decade, the world has witnessed a new threat from an emboldened Russia under Vladimir Putin, including the invasion of Ukraine, the takeover of the Crimean Peninsula. But beyond Russia, a reminder of why NATO exists at all. On one hand, it's certainly about defense, but it's also a recognition that in order to thrive, there must be a collective effort. All of us in the NATO alliance together. Here's former President Truman in his own words.
3: In our own time we've seen brave men overcome obstacles that seemed insurmountable and forces that seemed overwhelming. Men with courage and vision can still determine their own destiny. They can choose slavery or freedom, war or peace. I have no doubt which they will choose. The treaty we are signing here today is evidence. Of the path they will follow.
1: So I forgot what I was listening to today that said... Tell me
2: what it was, Brittany Page. That
1: said that it was... What
2: was it that you read?
1: That said that it was his greatest achievement or one of his greatest achievements because of all the wars that it prevented. Yeah. And all of the deaths and all of the (laughs) terrible events... ...that could have resulted without this in place... And Donald Trump just doesn't have respect for any of that. I don't
2: think he... You're right. He's a worthless fuck, for sure. You're correct in what you just said about him being a worthless fuck, Brittany. Okay. Everybody agrees. Mm -hmm. But I think it's even worse. It might be even worse than just disrespect. It's also just no regard for wanting to learn history, to understand what the fuck it's for, what benefit it provides. It's the same type of benefit that the european union itself provides it's the longest period of peace i i think that's the it's correct to say that the, the 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 impact that the european union the eu has had because if you have all these countries and they're economically tied to one another they're not going to fucking go to war because they need each other to thrive to do well they they depend on one another for trade, for transportation, for for just general economic well being.
1: And this seems like something central to Donald Trump's personality that he's never had to deal with, which is interacting with other people yeah. and trying to be cooperative in like a, a team situation. Yeah. Um he just strikes me as someone who's been all about himself ever since he was young. Yeah. And I don't know what gives me that impression, but that's just kind of the impression I have.
2: It is a strange thing and a dangerous thing and a curious thing that Donald Trump spends a lot of energy attacking our allies, our longest, most loyal allies, Mm -hmm. who have sent their men and women to die with ours. And can't say a one fucking crossword about former KGB agent Vladimir Putin. What in the fiddling fuck is going on?
1: I still haven't found a good answer to that question.
2: I don't think that. Well, I think there is one, but we'll find out. Shep Smith continues. So here we are today. With President Trump slamming our
0: NATO allies to their faces on international television at a summit in Brussels. He claims the United States spends too much money protecting our European friends from Russia and accuses NATO countries of not spending enough to defend themselves.
3: Many countries are not paying what they should, and frankly, many countries uh, owe us a tremendous amount of money for many years back, where they're delinquent. We're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting everybody, and yet we're paying a lot of money to protect. Now, this has been going on for decades. I think it's very unfair to our country, it's very unfair to our taxpayer. And I think that these countries have to step it up, not over a 10-year period, they have to step it up immediately.
0: The truth is, every NATO country has paid its bills for NATO's shared budget. No country, not one, is delinquent. About four years ago, NATO members agreed to beef up their militaries to spend 2% of their country's gross domestic product for defense by the year 2024. Obviously, that deadline is still six years away, and only a handful of those countries have reached that goal thus far. But in each of the last four years, the vast majority of European nations in the alliance have increased their defense spending as a percentage of GDP. The combined increases more than $87 billion in defense spending. The trend is positive, just as President Trump has been demanding. They spend more than Russia. They spend more than China. They've pledged to spend more. They are not freeloaders. But just today, President Trump asked for more. He said he wants not the 2%, but to double that to 4% of GDP for every single nation. Even America doesn't spend that much now. And we already have the world's largest and most powerful military anywhere on the planet ever.
2: And let's talk about the money aspect of this. This is something I don't think Donald Trump is ignorant of. I think this has been explained to him probably multiple times. But he's using it as a propaganda point, and it's fucking disgusting. When he says that they owe us for years of back that they didn't pay. Like like they're in arrears to us. And that they're delinquent. That's not the fuck how it works. There's an agreement... That, we, that they generally abide by. There's an agreement with by all member nations that there's a certain percentage of GDP that you will spend on your own military budgets. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's it, it, there's a NATO army. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. And that if Germany doesn't kick in their X amount, we have to make up the difference. So they owe us that. That's not the fuck how it works. 2017. Let me read some numbers here. The United States military budget, we spent 686 billion dollars. Defense budget. The United Kingdom, 55 billion. France, 46 billion. Germany, 45 billion. You see the disparity here everybody. The United States spends more on defense than, like, the next eight nations combined. Donald Trump wouldn't spend less if they spent more. So there is no owing. He wants to have the most ridiculously powerful military on the planet. All these jackass Republicans do. We could cut our military budget in half. And still have by far the strongest, most mighty military the earth has ever fucking seen. And this this 4% number that he's talking about now. There's, there was already a pre-existing agreement between nations that all parties would be up to 2% by 2024. Now that there are, he's trying to take credit for that now. Like that was his deal. That was in place before him. But now he's calling for four percent, saying that we spend four percent of GDP. We don't. We spend, and per the per the per the Pentagon, we spend three point three percent of our GDP, which is astronomical money. It's just, it's ridiculous. There, there is not a shortage. They, uh, certainly, if there's an agreement to, to spend 2%, they need to be up to where they're going to be. But we're still six years away from 2024.
1: Also, I think uh, something that needs to be highlighted is that if there, if there is a conversation that needs to be had about adjusting percentages and increasing the amount of money that other countries are paying... This is not the way to approach that conversation sure, right. or to have that conversation. Um, sending out the tweets, um, being very aggressive. This is not the way to do that. And I think everyone gets it that this is just how Donald Trump is. He, he, They know that he doesn't get it. Um, but it's still cringeworthy to listen to, knowing that he's supposed to have a little bit more decorum and not attack our allies.
0: Today, President Trump lashed out at NATO nations that are buying oil and gas from Russia, in particular, Germany.
3: We're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia. Now, if you look at it, Germany is a captive of Russia because they supply, they got rid of their coal plants, they got rid of their nuclear, they're getting so much of the oil and gas from Russia.
0: Germany is a captive of Russia. Germany is one of our closest allies. After the attacks of 9-11, we called on Germany's leadership to send troops to fight with us in Afghanistan. They answered. They have fought alongside American troops there for 17 years. When our soldiers and airmen are maimed and mauled in combat, they are regularly flown to Landstuhl Medical Center in Germany. They get critical care there have limbs amputated there. The headquarters of the United States Air Force in Europe is at Ramstein Air Base in Germany. Our 86th airlift wing is there. Our 435th air ground operations wing is there. Our new 515th air mobility operations wing is there. In 2015, for our drone war in Pakistan, Yemen, Afghanistan, and Somalia, an important control center is reported to have been housed there. The Germans provide space and money for our operations in Europe, the Middle East, and beyond. Not solely for the protection of Germany, but also so that we can further our objectives and protect our people all around the world. The Germans are our close friends and treasured allies.
1: So that was the clip where John Kelly and Kay Bailey Hutchison... Mm -hmm. Hutchinson? No, Hutchinson? Hutchinson. Um, who is the 22nd United States permanent representative to NATO. That's For-
2: yeah, that's right. Former senator from Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. Republican. And um, the look on their faces. Yeah. They Swirmy. were... Um, You know, like when your friend is drunk and you're at the bar sitting next to them. And you got
2: to kind of act like you're not with them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And they start like getting a little too loud and aggressive with somebody maybe. And you're just sitting there wishing that you were anywhere else. That's kind of what they look like. And, you know, the White House, Sarah Sanders. Yeah. Tried to say that John Kelly. Now, listen, this is the lengths that they're going to. She tried to say John Kelly was upset that he didn't get a full breakfast and that it was just pastries and cheese. Yeah. No, this is literally what she said.
2: Grizzled marine combat veteran. Right. Is is a little pissy because he didn't get his croissant. He only got a croissant.
1: Right. So (laughs) they would rather have John Kelly look look like like a petty douche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then say, yeah, he was uncomfortable with the unhinged president, yeah, running his mouth about things he shouldn't be talking about, questioning
2: the sovereignty of one of our closest allies,
1: and uh, John Kelly would rather look like he's super pissed about the pastries. He doesn't and cheese. say anything,
2: so fuck him.
1: Unbelievable. What? No, I'm I I'm not defending him. No, I'm saying I, it is unbelievable yeah. that he's willing to throw himself under the bus
2: for this guy. Yeah, for Donald Trump.
1: Yeah. It's crazy.
2: It is. We're going to get to it after this next clip, but Donald Trump made, he, he he spent more time talking about how everybody loves and respects him at this press conference today than he really did anything else. Shocking. Everybody. Oh, we're very happy. Everybody loves. Oh no, no. I. Everybody's giving me credit for this and this and this because of NATO. Like everybody at NATO just loves him. Mm. It's either he just wants to rewrite history Or in his fucking brain, he registers, everybody just loves me. Yeah. I I mean, is it possible that he walks around thinking that everybody's just heaping praise upon him because he's such a, he's so, so awesome?
1: Well, I think that if that were the case, it would be a protective measure where he's so fragile inside. And I believe this is true, that he knows he's not smart. He knows he's not attractive. He knows that he is in over his head and he has to go to these extreme lengths to protect that because it's so fragile. So he tries to oversell it and... Um, so, yeah, I think maybe he's saying that trying to convince other people
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: because he wants us all to play his game and be fooled along with him as he fools himself. Uh, Did that make sense?
2: Yes. Shepard Smith wraps it up.
0: The president's attack on our NATO friends is drawing concern from quarters around this globe, including from both sides of the political aisle here at home. Remember, NATO nations replaced U.S. troops as leaders of operations in Kosovo and Bosnia. They are partners in our engagements with the Islamic State and terrorists in West Africa. I spoke today with Nicholas Burns. He was our ambassador to NATO under President George Bush the 43rd when the terrorists struck us on 9-11. He aired his concerns this morning on MSNBC.
2: It's just infuriating to watch this happen. You cannot imagine any American president all the way back 75 years deciding to become the critic-in-chief of NATO. I mean, it's Orwellian. He's making our, our, our friends out to be our enemies, and he's treating our enemies like Putin as our friends.
0: Our friends as enemies, our enemies as friends. Of course, President Putin is meeting with President Trump just days from now in Helsinki. President Trump's aides tell us they will have a one-on-one sit down, which means no advisors, no transcribers, no reporters, only translators. Will President Trump tell Putin that sanctions will not go away until he withdraws from Crimea? Will President Trump stand up to Russian meddling? Will President Trump stand with Britain in the face of murders in their countries by Russian nerve agents? We, the public, may never know exactly what is said. But one thing is certain, the former KGB agent, Vladimir Putin, who invaded Ukraine and annexed Crimea, who interfered in our 2016 election and is attempting to interfere now in the vote this November, who murders his enemies and the journalists who expose his activities. Vladimir Putin would like nothing more than for our NATO alliance to fray, for friends to fight among themselves, as we do today in historically unprecedented fashion for it is nato that is the best defense against vladimir putin and russian aggression the nato we created largely in our own self-interest so that the united states could trade our goods and spread our values around the world while keeping murderous rulers like vladimir putin in check the same vladimir putin who president trump says is fine as he publicly attacks our friends
3: you know what putin's fine He's fine. We're all fine with people.
2: That's me at that at the end there. (laughs) That's a question.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Donald Trump is promoting the agenda of a hostile foreign power. Mm -hmm. Promoting what's best for them and their country while weakening. Systematically weakening decades long, over half century long relationships. With these NATO countries. Something stinks. Something's fucking rotten. This isn't just Donald Trump being a fucking bumbling moron. It doesn't understand. There's a reason he's... Promo- I mean, this might sound conspiratorial, but come the fuck on.
1: Why would he um, make it so obvious? You know, like he would... He would say something bad about Putin every once in a while, right? Like try to make us think that you know, you know what I'm saying? Say something bad about Putin every once in a while so we don't to try think try to sell it. Yeah, so we don't think you're a Russian agent.
2: I think he's maybe very afraid because they've got some fucking like a p-tape or something. Or or they're holding the the, the debt. His debt,
1: yeah I mean who knows but I I wonder Eric
2: Trump said the same thing about two years ago that they don't have to deal with with uh, American banks because they get all the money they need from Russian banks hmm. he said that hmm. to a golf digest reporter it's something's going on man
1: well I wonder what the leaders think like when they're amongst themselves and donald trump is not around (laughs) if they're having these same conversations like why is he doing this why is he defending putin why is he here yeah like essentially as a representative of russia kevin
2: mccarthy the house majority leader said there's two people that putin pays donald trump and dana Rohrbacher. he said that that's on tape hmm so I think that's the kind of conversations. It's the only evidence we have of private conversations and that happens to be the one we hear.
1: Yeah, so of course we don't know and we don't know what the Not yet. the outcome will be. That's right. But I'm I'm still waiting for like an alternative explanation that makes sense because he seems to be making very strange decisions. Yeah. If something nefarious is not afoot.
2: They are incongruent with the the the, the interests of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Whether it be trade, whether it be defense, whether it be foreign policy. I, Jesus, I mean fuck. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. So there's one more thing on these numbers that I want to talk about that I failed to, and that is the fact that those numbers, that that 686 billion, 55, 46, and 45, those numbers aren't just for NATO defense. That's a that's a world, that's a global defense budget. So Germany doesn't have a footprint like the United States has. There's no need for them to have, a. there's no need for us to have the footprint we do. We're also involved in other treaty organizations like the Southeast Asian Treaty Organization that runs the same kind of a thing as NATO, just in a different part of the globe. And they're not a part of that. Norway, for instance, isn't a part of the Southeast Asian Treaty Organization. So for Donald... Anyway, I think everybody gets the fucking point. So today, Donald Trump took to the podium and answered questions from the media in Brussels. And it was everything you could have hoped it to be and more.
1: Did you ever at any point say that the U.S. though might stop... Engaging with NATO, and do you think that your rhetoric helps NATO cohesion, or are you worried that people might think that the, that the U.S. is going to not have as committed to NATO? There are a lot of people who say they were worried and stressed by what you did yesterday.
3: Well, they were uh, probably worried because the United States was not being treated fairly, but now we are because the commitment has been up so much. So now they are, and I was very firm yesterday. Uh, you have to understand. I know a lot of the people in the room. I was here last year. I let them know last year. Uh, in a less firm manner, but pretty firm. And they raised an additional $33 billion, I think going to $40 billion, but it's $33 billion as of today. Uh, uh, and then today and yesterday, I was probably a little bit more firm. But I believe in NATO. I think NATO is a very important, probably the greatest ever done. But the United States was paying for anywhere from 70 to 90% of it, depending on the way you calculate. That's not fair to the United States. In addition to that, as you know, we're in negotiations with the EU, and we're going to be meeting with them next week. We've been treated very unfairly on trade. Our farmers have been shut out of the European Union. Now, you could say they're different, but basically, to a large extent, they're the same countries. So uh, I think we're going to be ultimately treated fairly on trade. We'll see what happens. But I can tell you that NATO now is really a – a fine-tuned machine. People are paying money that they never paid before. Uh, they're happy to do it. And the United States is being treated much more fairly. Yes, sir.
2: Who the fuck does he think he is? I mean, he's acting like he's this king passing edicts from on high to these other leaders of their countries, presidents, prime ministers. He's not calling them the shots. We're one member nation. Now, albeit like the email from Al, we are, you know, a disproportionately large power relative to economy and relative to the military. For sure we are. But that 70% number he's talking about is another bullshit number. Because the, the real, the budget of NATO is what's called the common fund. Of which we pay 22 percent, Germany pays 15, and the UK pays 10 percent. We don't, we don't pay 70 percent. What is he talking about? Ugh, fucking moron!
0: Mr. President, yeah, go ahead. Uh, hi, thank you, Margaret Tala from Bloomberg.
3: Yes. Um After all could, these years, I know Margaret. Go ahead.
0: Thank you. Um, maybe I'm being dense here, but could you just clarify our Are you still threatening to potentially pull the United States out of NATO for any reason? And do you believe you can do that uh, without Congress's explicit support and approval?
3: I think I probably can, but that's unnecessary. And uh, the people have stepped up today like they've never stepped up before. And remember the word, $33 billion more they're paying. And you'll hear that from the secretary general in a little while. He thanked me, actually. He's, he actually thanked me. And everybody in the room thanked me. There's a great collegial spirit in that room that I don't think they've had in many years. Uh, they're very strong. So, uh, yeah, very very unified, very strong. No problem, right?
1: We're in yes. NATO. No, no,
3: okay. No problem.
2: One, I'm shocked that he used the word collegial.
1: <laughs> that was very impressive very impressive
2: and two this is the way he's acting now did you hear all that oh, everybody thanking me oh they all thanked me personally they were thanking me everybody was thanking me
1: mm-hmm.
2: no one maybe to your face dude but those fucking people hate your guts every <laughs> last one of them but the the, 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 the he's acting like now oh, everything's great because I've set these uh, everything in motion and now they're following all of my orders as soon as he gets on the plane or gets done talking to to Putin I guarantee his tune is going to change relative to NATO. He's going to be back on bashing it again. Mr. President, uh, Jonathan Lemire at the Associated Press. Sure. Um, you have said previously you wanted the countries to step up. their spending a 2%. Yesterday, the suggestion might be 4% or perhaps 2% at a much quicker timetable. Yeah. Can you clarify what did they commit to doing? Yeah. Is that satisfactory to
3: you? So what they're doing is spending uh, – At a much faster clip, they're going up to the 2% level. Now, you have to understand, some of them have parliaments. They have their own congresses. They have a lot of things they have to go to. So, you know, they're here as a prime minister, or as a president, and they can't necessarily go in and say, uh, this is what we're going to do. But they're going back for approvals. Uh, Some are at 2%. Others have agreed definitely to go to 2%. And some are going back to get the approval, and which they will get, to go to 2%. After we're at 2%, we'll start talking about going higher. But I said, ultimately, we should be in years in advance. We should be at 4 percent. I think 4 percent is the right number. Now, the United States, depending on the way you calculate it, was at 4.2 percent. And I said, that's unfair. And we have the largest GDP by far, especially since we've increased it by so much since the thing called the election. Our GDP has gone way up. And so the fact that our GDP went way up. That means we're paying for even more, which is very unfair. So I explained that uh, we uh, we will go to much higher than two percent into the future. But right now we're getting people up to two percent. And that'll take place over a fairly short period of time, a short number of years. Okay. yeah, go ahead.
2: For a guy who's supposed to understand numbers very well and money and finance, you'd think he'd understand that percentage of GDP means that when your GDP grows, you're gonna spend more dollars because it's a percentage. What's he bitching about? It, it's seriously maddening. I, I don't... There's no other way to put it. He, he is... He's either a moron or he's sinister as fuck. Or maybe a sinister moron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's really no way to to, to, to explain... What the fuck he's doing? Well, I'll tell you what he's not. A stable genius. Mm-hmm. Get ready. This is going to blow your balls off. Hi, Tomislav Krasnets from Vecher New East, Croatian Daily Newspaper. We understand your message.
3: Congratulations, by the way. Thank, thank you. Aunt, thank
1: you. We understand your message. But some people ask themselves, will you be tweeting differently once you board the Air Force
2: One? Thank you.
3: No, that's other people that do that. I don't. I'm very consistent. I'm a very stable genius. Go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really terrible.
3: I'm a very stable genius.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: What
2: in the world mm-hmm. is going on? The president of the United States stood on the world stage and told a foreign reporter that he's a very stable genius. Yeah, I don't... When all indications point to otherwise.
1: It's very frustrating to listen to this and to know that other people are listening to this and not thinking that it's a problem. Or maybe even laughing and thinking that it's funny or it's cute or, oh, look at him.
2: Again, it's only MAG Americans who think this is funny or cute, or think that it's strategy, or fuck them. We're Americans.
1: It's so it, embarrassing. It's so embarrassing.
2: It is paralyzingly embarrassing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It, I, fuck, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there's another clip uh, from CNN that asks some great questions, but we're going long here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to white nationalist Donald Trump, who. Went on a jag about immigration. Keep it in mind that this isn't about trade. This isn't about immigration. This is about NATO. This is about defense, defensive posture, defense spending. Listen to this.
3: You're in McCaskill from the Guardian, and um, your trip to the UK. Uh, there are lots of protests planned in London and elsewhere. How do you feel to, about that? I think it's fine. I mean, I think they like me a lot in the UK. I think they agree with me on immigration. I'm very strong on immigration. I I made a point today. I said, you've got to stop. You're ruining your you're going to have a lot of problems. You see what's going on throughout the world with immigration. I probably at least partially won an election because of immigration. If you look at Italy, Giuseppe, who I got to know quite well over the last month and a half, he won his election because of strong immigration policies on italy i think that uh a lot of the people in the uk i think that's why brexit happened now i don't know what's going on with the negotiation who knows but and i guess that's become a very interesting point of contention i said i'm going to a few hot spots we have nato then we have the uk and then we have putin and i said putin may be the easiest of them all you never know But I'm going to a pretty hot spot right now, right, with a lot of a lot of resignations. But I will say that immigration is a very important thing. And uh, I, I told them today the EU, the European Union, better be very careful because immigration is taking over Europe and they better be very, very careful. And I said that loud and clear. Yes, go ahead.
2: He's talking about white genocide. That is what he's talking about. He's talking about a massive influx of brown people changing the cultural face of Europe. That is what he's fucking talking about. There's no way to explain that away.
1: Well, you could even hear it in the beginning of his answer, in particular. You think where he it, caught
2: himself and kind of jerked to yeah, the left? Yeah, where he
1: was kind of catching the words that he was getting ready to say and choosing very vague terms and instead just decided that he would rather have people not understand what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just take that route.
3: I'm a very stable genius.
2: All right. Speaking of stable genius, we'll wrap on the dollar segment with this. <laughs> Somehow, while fumbling around in the fucking dark, intellectually, he, he, talking about immigration, he swung himself to the election, winning the election and the electoral votes and said something that's just wrong. Shocking.
3: I think there, there were protests the night of the election both ways. But in the end, uh, we got a, you know, 206 electoral, 306 electoral votes. And one state that, you know, it's interesting, one of the states we won, Wisconsin. I didn't even realize this until fairly recently. That was the one state that Ronald Reagan didn't win when he ran the board. His second time, he didn't win Wisconsin, and we won Wisconsin. So, you know, we, we, had, a, we had a great night.
2: <laughs> Geography genius Donald Trump is a fucking moron. That one state in 1984 that Reagan, he swept. He won every single state. It was actually a landslide. The only state he lost was not Wisconsin. It was Minnesota where Walter Mondale was from. Walter Mondale was the a senator from from Minnesota, and he won his home state, and then got crushed because Reagan took everything else. That Donald Trump—he's just a fucking moron. Well, it's just that's patently false. Yeah.
1: Well, imagine being able to tell a hundred lies a week, and there's no accountability. Yeah. Because your press secretary. Lies for you and is terrible to the press. It doesn't allow them to ask questions, doesn't allow them to have like any semblance of power in that room. And he is immune from being asked questions. He doesn't give press conferences. He only talks to people on Fox News that worship him. Yeah. Um, We're in a situation where we can't get him to even feel the pressure to tell the truth. We, we can't we can't get the pressure on him. Yeah, th- it I was going to say, there is
2: no pressure.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. So why would he tell the truth? He can just continue to say whatever he's going to say. This is why he doesn't need to read the briefing in the morning. Yeah. That he doesn't need to read the binder. It's just everything in his life has been, oh, they'll just for me.
3: I'm a very stable genius.
1: And we gave him this power.
2: As Donald Trump would say, sad.
3: Mm-hmm
1: taking care of biz <music> sasha baron cohen
2: borat sasha baron cohen mm-hmm. what's he doing
1: well he has a new cbs slash so- showtime Series. Oh,
2: is it CBS Showtime? Yes, huh.
1: that is going to be premiering soon. It's called Who is America? <laughs> and, you know, it seems like they don't really need to pay a lot for advertising because yeah. a lot of conservative public figures are doing that for them. So we don't know a lot about the character that he is. You know, he you you said he's Borat. He is Ali G. He's all these different characters. And part of what he does in his work, if you don't know who he is, is he kind of fools people into believing he really is these characters. He
2: does like fake documentaries where he's in character mm-hmm. and like fucks with people. Yes, it's like jackass with with without the stunts.
1: Yeah, I would assume that this isn't something that you enjoy because shows like Nathan for you make you uncomfortable. Oh, they
2: make this. I can't watch his shit. Okay. I, like, yeah. I went to the theater and watched Borat mm-hmm. and man, no good. Okay. Makes me very uncomfortable.
1: Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. Good job. You're being consistent. Yeah. <laughs> um, A plus for you. So Sarah Palin has come out and said that she was duped by him.
2: Preemptively.
1: Because mm-hmm.
2: the show's getting ready pr- to premiere.
1: Right. Roy Moore is now coming out and yeah. he's actually threatening legal action.
2: Please. Yeah. Like he didn't sign releases to be on the fucking show. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth. You fucking child molester.
1: Well, he says, quote, I did not know Sasha Allegedly. Cohen. Allegedly. Yes, that's important. I did not know Sasha Cohen or or that a Showtime TV series was being planned to embarrass, humiliate and mock not only Israel, <laughs> But also religious conservatives such as Sarah Palin, Joe Walsh, and Dick Cheney. So Dick Cheney is also Dick Cheney was in the the promo for the show that yeah. Sasha tweeted.
2: And where he signed Sasha Baron Cohen, whatever the character is, his waterboard, like his jug of water from his waterboard kit. Yes. And Cheney knew that's what it was and signed it. Mm-hmm. What, what a fucking monster that guy is!
1: So yeah, you also have. Um, there's also Joe Arpaio.
2: <laughs> oh wow!
1: Um, that's the one that I was forgetting. So that's going to be a good one. Yeah. So he did some damage with this last show, and I think it's going to be good. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, he's taking care of biz because he's funny and is going to give us a reason to laugh.
2: I think I'll be less comfortable with this because he's fucking with assholes. You know what I mean? It's not like normal, decent, hardworking American people. These are jerk offs who deserve to be fucked with.
1: So I'm looking forward to watching the show.
2: Yeah. Good times. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. Uh, We love you guys. We appreciate you. You can support the show. We would love to have you in the Patreon family. If Patreon's not your thing, you can go buy some stickers or some merch, dollamore.info. Just go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There's all kinds of ways right there. There's also links in the show notes. I never mention the show notes, but they are there. We would love to hear from you. Help us move the conversation forward. 657-464-7609. Email those voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at We will see you next time on episode 427. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dolamore. This has been I Doubt It.
3: Oh, my neck! My neck!